everyone and welcome back to the Bundesliga show brought to you by Over the Bar and of course in partnership uh, this season with uh, Bundesliga boxes. Um, so if you guys are new to the channel uh, this season, uh, we have an ongoing partnership with Bundesliga boxes who are an authentic um, German football shirt provider. Um, but they come in mystery boxes. So basically you never know what football shirt uh, or football team you're going to end up with when you buy their boxes amongst a host of other things that come inside the boxes like match day programs, scarves, all sorts of nice posters. So, uh, yes, in association in partnership with Bundesliga boxes. So make sure you do check out uh, their their company and their products online or on Twitter. Just search Bundesliga boxes and you will not miss them. Uh, of course, me and Mark sporting them very nicely today as per usual. Yes, very Um So, yeah, match day two review. Um, so, coming at it off the back of another uh, exciting weekend of Bundesliga action. A uh, couple of shock results, a uh, couple of firsts as well for, for Balkan and Furt. So, yeah, w- without uh, wasting any more time on the formalities, let's get straight into it. So, uh, we'll head over to, to Mark, uh, who, will, of course, will be revealing... First answer uh, or result of his anagram from last week and the new one for this week. So, Mark, over to your fine self to start for uh, Mark's mystery anagram. Yeah, so let's start off by recapping last week's uh, anagram, which was, for those of you with good memories, uh, Scholar Kinds. Yeah, as you can see at the bottom of your screen now. And yeah, I mean, we did actually get someone who got it correct on the live chat as well. Rory's uh, eyes, yeah, did well to spot you there. Ian Banthorpe, our kind of uh, marksman from last season, starts off with another correct answer there with, and it was indeed, I gave you the tip last week that it was a new signing to the Bundesliga because I thought it was a bit of a difficult one, this one. But yeah, Ian got it. It was Nicholas Dorsch. Of course, Augsburg's uh, midfielder signed for about €7 million Euros from Belgium. Nicolas Dorsch was the correct answer to Mark's mystery anagram last week. So let's quickly move on to this week's uh, mystery anagram, which, as you can see now on the bottom of your screen, is Coaster John. Coaster John. So that's C-O-A-S-T-E-R, the second word, John, J-O-H-E. N. So remember, it has to be a player, um, a coach slash manager, or a team from the Bundesliga. I'm not going to give you a tip this week because, in my opinion, this one's a little bit easier than last week. So obviously, uh, Ian got it right last week. Let's see if we can have some more of our regulars, some of our new guys commenting, see if you can get it right this week and make it two out of two. Yeah. So, yeah, Coaster John is week two's Mark's Mystery Anagram. So let's uh, quickly move on now to the results from week two and what has been another very, very entertaining Bundesliga week of action, as always really in the Bundesliga, isn't it? So let's have a look at the scores on the doors for week two. So on Friday night, we started with a 4-0 win for Leipzig over Stuttgart. Then moving on to the Saturday games, we had a first Bundesliga win in this stint in the Bundesliga for Bochum, beating Mainz 2-0 at home. 
Then we had a maybe a shock nil-nil draw between Frankfurt and Augsburg in Oliver Glasner's first game in charge at home for Frankfurt. Then we had the shock of the weekend in with Freiburg getting a 2-1 win at home against Dortmund. We had Greuther Furt's first points in the Bundesliga with a one-all draw at home to Arminia Bielefeld. We had uh, Wolfsburg getting a good 2-1 win at Hertha Berlin. We got, and then the, the, the evening game was a, a bit of a surprise result, really. It was a 4-0 win for Leverkusen over Borussia Mönchengladbach. Then on to the Sunday games, which were also very entertaining. We had a, a high-scoring 2 all draw between Hoffenheim and Union Berlin. And then to finish off the weekend with one of the, the most entertaining games, Bayern Munich getting their first win of the season with a 3-2 win over FC Köln. So that rounds up your scores on the doors. So let's go to the next part of the show, which is, of course, the OTB's featured four. So this is where we, me and Rory, we have a discussion. We pick the best four games of the weekend. So let's start off with what was, in our opinion, the best game of the weekend. It was indeed the Leverkusen four Borussia Mönchengladbach nil. Yeah, I think it was the best game of the weekend, unless you were a Gladbach fan, that's for sure. I mean, this was a really, really good performance from Leverkusen, wasn't it? I mean, for me, Mitchell Backer was the one that really stood out. I thought he was brilliant. I had him in my fantasy football team as well, so I was chuffed about that. Just a pity I didn't have him down as my captain, that was all. But yeah, I mean, he started the ball rolling, didn't he, with an excellent drive, which hit the kind of inside of the post and then smashed onto Jan Sommer. And that was already 1-0 after just four minutes. And then it just didn't really get any better than that for Gladbach, did it, Rory? No, it did not. Um, it was a afternoon or an evening to forget for Gladbach. Um, yeah, as you mentioned, 1-0 down very, very early doors and and the uh, second goal would come would come shortly after that. Uh, DRB getting past um, his opposite number or, or his fullback, um, the young young American fullback who had a, a good outing last week, um, but did obviously ultimately struggle against the pace and power uh, of the RB. So he got in behind his man and, and set up for a, for Euro star Patrick Schick uh, to get his first of the season. So yeah, very nice finish, uh, very confident finish as well. So that was obviously a, a big plus for Leverkusen. Um, their big, their big man, their big striker getting off the mark. Um, so obviously that made it two nil. Um, Gladbach did try to respond. Obviously they did hit the post um, on around fifth, on the fifteen minute mark. Um, but then another big blow. Uh, it seems to be the case with Gladbach that all all these kind of bad things do seem to happen at once. They never kind of just you know, have a poor result where they just, you know, they play badly, but only lose 1-0. If things go bad, things generally go really bad for Gladbach, so, uh, as we saw last season. Um, so then they lost Chiram to injury, which after all, all the praise me and Mark have been heaping on him last week, obviously that's a huge blow on, on about 20 minutes. So again, very early in the game. Um, so, yeah, that was a huge blow for them, uh, losing Chiram. Um, and then, I mean... All sorts of things going wrong, defensive mix-ups, um, where Schick um, was the benefit. Um, um, uh, well, the ball going through on goal for him, um, but he wasn't able to um, score on this occasion. Uh, so it was looking like, uh, you know, formalities were going to be as such. Um, but 
the aforementioned uh, backer, as good as a game as he did have, he did concede a penalty, didn't he? Um, for his tackle on opposite number liner, uh, who also got injured in the game. Um, so that was another big blow. Uh, but it wouldn't have been such a big blow if Lars Stindl had converted his penalty, which he did not. So obviously after the VAR check, they decided the you know the tackle from backer was in the penalty area. Um, and yeah, really poor penalty from Stindl, who's usually deadly from uh, from 12 yards. He's usually quite a solid penalty taker. Um, I thought that was a really poor effort from him. Um, so ultimately it was saved, not in the corner, no power on it. So yeah, very poor execution on the penalty for me. Um, and then, yeah, the, the rest of the game kind of was, was a formality. Um, so it was, it was three nil after fine work from Baca making up for his mistake, uh, with regards to the penalty, he managed to get the ball over to Diaby, who's, um, shot in the box with deflected. So that's three nil. Um, obviously, kind of game over, um, and then a late fourth goal, um, a nice crossfield switch onto Verts, who knocked it back for Amiri, um, who uh, and I enjoyed his celebration actually. Amiri, as he held his ears with his fingers in his ears, because um, he is one player who does often get quite a lot of stick, um, probably in the press and from his from his fans as well, with regards to maybe not doing enough, uh, maybe not providing as many goals or assists. As, uh, as his potential, you know, would allow him to. Um, so maybe that's, you know, one to watch and, and maybe Amiri would be able to press on um, with the club this season. So, yeah, very impressive from Leverkusen. Um, and then with regards to Gladbach, all, all that early season optimism after the creditable, creditable draw with, with the champions on Friday night, so much energy at, at Borussia Park on that Friday night game. And then oh, it's just... You know, like a stone in water, it's sunk. They've sunk straight away, at, you know, to a really poor loss. Um, so that you know, will feel really bad for them. Um, losing Chiram, Liner, and Ginter in the end. So that's three injuries that they've gone straight away, and you know, uh, in match week two. So that's really, you know, obviously we hope there's not, you know, bad uh, injuries for any three of them. I'm not sure the extent of any of them are, but that's not encouraging for Gladbach in. In those in those terms, and they'll obviously need to put in a performance on you know in match day three to get themselves back in back in the mix because obviously now you know just one one point uh, from a possible six uh, or you know despite it being a very tough start to the season, you'd probably want to at least try and got one win. Um, so yeah, lots of work to do, I think, for for Gladbach in the end. Yeah, I think for me, this game was a tale of two left backs, to be honest with you. I thought Mitchell Backer, as uh, despite giving the penalty away, I just thought it was absolutely brilliant, to be honest. I think he's a real kind of bargain sign from PSG as well, because like, I think the reason why he was flogged by PSG was because like he just wasn't good enough defensively, which, yes, it's definitely a question mark, but he always looked solid going forward, even for PSG. And this is a guy that started both legs of the Champions League semi-final last season, remember? So it's quite a coup, really, I would say, for Leverkusen to bring him to um, uh, Nord Rhine-Westfalen. It's, it's a great signing, but yeah, he, he, he's not the best defensively, but going forward, he's going to get bags of assists and he's going to create bags of chances. Nearly. He looks a good player, that's for sure, at this level. Mm -hmm. And on the other side, I mean, Joseph Scali for... Uh, 
glad that. I think we actually had a comment last week from one of our American viewers asking how good he was. And I think both me and Rory both said he was excellent against Bayern. He got the praises of a uh, friend of the show, Derek Ray, as well. Yeah. But I mean, um, this game, he just had an absolute mare, basically, to be honest with you. He just, he was getting absolutely skinned by Diaby, like, a number of times just in the first 10, 15 minutes, you know, and I think that just kind of ruined his confidence, really. I mean, Diaby is, he's probably one of the fastest players in the in the league, to be honest. The guy is absolutely lightning, you know, and he's going to have a big season ahead of him. If he can maintain his consistency this year, I think Musa Diaby is going to be one of the players to really look for this season, obviously, especially after the departure of Leon Bailey. It's yeah. going to be interesting to see him play a more peripheral role for the side now. Schick also, you know, he's made a good start as well. Good performance, good finish for the second goal. It's going to be interesting to see what Leverkusen can do this season. I mean, obviously, we saw them start last season with that brilliant, uh, what was it, 11 or 12 matches unbeaten before an unfortunate defeat to Bayern. And they just collapsed after that, basically, didn't they? I mean, it was... Uh, but, I mean, they have quality in the side, you know, a lot of quality in that side. I think also Kosunu as well, Kosunu, the, the big money signing at centre-half is starting to look like he's having a bit of an impact as well, mm -hmm. from what I can see. So maybe we might see a slightly more assured Leverkusen side alongside Jonathan Tarr in that centre-half partnership this season. But, yeah, great performance from Leverkusen. Disaster for Adi Hooters, Gladbach. Okay, so moving on to the second game, the big shock of the weekend, which was, of course, Freiburg's home win over Borussia Dortmund. I mean, this was a game where, for me, Dortmund kind of flew out of the blocks. He created a lot of chances. I thought Jude Bellingham was fantastic, especially in the first half. He really looked excellent in the game. Like He was getting forward a lot more than what we saw at times last season. He looks really confident now in this Dortmund side. Like, clearly, the... The end of the second half of the season under Edin Terzic has really kind of boosted his confidence, and he he feels like he belongs now at Dortmund, and I think he's going to be have a great season. But they couldn't quite get that opening goal, could they? And then, obviously, on six minutes, I mean, it was only six minutes when Freiburg got the goal, but what a free kick this was! Oh my god, this was like an absolute beauty from one of our kind of stars of the season on OTB Bundesliga show last year, Vincenzo Griso, wasn't it? Uh, Grifo, sorry, uh, Rory. Yeah, uh, well, they were free kick. Um, hit with pace, hit with accuracy, um, in off the post. Um, so, you know, no, you know, there's no margin for error when you're hitting them from that far out as well. Um, but what a way to uh, start the game and, and get, you know, the home crowds absolutely at fever pitch. Um, so, you know, that, that was a perfect start for Freiburg. Um yeah, I thought I thought um, Bellingham was really good for Dortmund. Um, I think he is going to be, you know, an all-round uh, uh, kind of midfielder. Uh, depends on what Dortmund wants to do with him this season in terms of how far forward he can play. Uh, but I think, you know, if he gets a sniff, you know, if he gets a sniff for that kind of attacking role, then he could really he could really grow into it. Of course, he's got time on his side anyway. Um, so yeah, he's obviously involved heavily in. In everything good Dortmund did, um, I thought obviously he did well for the header where he hits the post. Um, he then uh, is basically the player who's trying to get on the end of the cross, which makes which puts Dortmund back into the game at two one. So obviously I'm missing missing out a goal there, but um, so I just wanted to mention how how well Bellin kind of got involved. Um, but yeah, it could have been 
it could have been two 0 a whole lot sooner than it was. So it was uh, Wu Yong Jong um, who got on the end of a really good cutback. Who I, I didn't actually see who who put in the cross because it, all of that was basically down to the player who made the cross um, into the into the six yard box for, for the player to run onto, and he's just side footed it from the center of the goal wide. <laughs> like you've got to score those, so that should have already been two nil. Um, but eventually they did break down. The Dortmund defence again, um, so a, a very good counter-attack uh, led to Jong actually putting in the cross this time himself, um, headed back down into into the middle where um, Roland Salai was there and waiting uh, to to meet the ball on the half volley and to make it 2-0. Um, I know, obviously, me and Mark have always kind of talked about this, Um in, in terms of obviously Dortmund's defence, uh, it's you know it's a it's a topic that won't go away for for Dortmund fans, and you know there's plenty of chatter about it amongst plenty of people and fans of the Bundesliga in general. Um, obviously, first goal you can't blame the defence; that's just a world of a free kick. You know, that's just down to individual brilliance from Grifo. The second goal comes uh, and. Without being overly critical, I just don't think that the ball the ball coming in is too easy. They lose the ball in the middle of the park. They don't retreat in numbers quickly enough, Dortmund. And then the the header is won too easily by Holler. Um, and then players, you know, are ultimately in the wrong positions. And Salah is free to half volley at home 2-0. Um, which, you know, two goals isn't always enough against Dortmund to get a win, but it was. Um, so, crucially for them that Freiburg held on. Uh, their defence was outstanding to, to hold off the talents of Haaland and Rayner and everything else that was being thrown at them. I thought they did a fantastic job. Um, you know, shout outs for, you know, Schlotterbeck and Leinhardt in, you know, in the cent, you know, in the centre of that back four for Freiburg for their excellent along alongside a real kind of team performance. Um so as much as we said it was a shock, completely deserved, I think. Um but uh, yeah and, and Dortmund you know, five stars in the first game, but that you know, this again is a, a throwback to the reality of the the oversight of maybe how they've spent their money or, or how they've targeted certain areas. Um, you look at Dortmund and you always say, Well, they're going to score goals, of course, they are the Italian the attack, attacking talent they already have. So, why obviously losing Sancho is a huge blow, of course, it is. And then getting the replacement in in terms of Malen is very smart business. But then surely your next priority is to look at anywhere across that back four. They've obviously addressed the keeper um, and Kobel will be a sensible and safe pick. Um, but so much work to do for that back four, I think, still before Dortmund are really contenders in terms of actually pushing uh, for, for a league win. So whether that's addressed before the transfer window shuts or in January, we'll have to see, or if it's done at all. Um, but yeah, plenty of work for Dortmund to do. But uh, ultimately, I, I want to praise Freiburg more than anything because I thought they were outstanding. Yeah, I think absolutely. We know that they're a tough side to beat at home in particular. I think I said in my predictions on Thursday that, yeah, I didn't think this would be easy for Dortmund. I thought that Dortmund would get the win, but yeah, I think that was maybe me slightly disrespecting Freiburg because they know what they're going to do under Christian Streich. He's a very, very experienced coach. I mean, this is a side that have been, do you know what I mean, not even close to relegation for years now. Do you know what I mean? They operate on a shoestring, a shoestring business, but... 
I mean, they really they bring quality players in. I think Schlotterbeck has been brilliant the last two games. Obviously, he actually spent last season on loan at... Um, um, no, two seasons ago, sorry, he was on loan at uh, Union Berlin. Since then, he's come back and looked really, really good for uh, Freiburg. He's been fantastic. But I think, um, I mean, yeah, overall, the Dortmund defence is just simply, it's just not the standard you need to be at, what are the club of the size of Dortmund, basically. I mean, the first problem is the fact you get one major injury at centre-half with, obviously, Hummels, and you bring in a central midfielder in to play centre-half, who's never, as far as I know, he's never played centre-half in his entire career, and the guy's like 31, 32, Axel Witz or... I mean, he's far from a centre-half by any means. He looks lost in that position. It's not really fair to him, a good player in his own right, to make him play there and kind of, do you know what I mean? Like, throw him to the Lions, really, in some ways. Yeah, but he in there, the problem is that he's the leader in there. Yeah, he's exactly. Got, he's got a Kanji next to him who made, a obviously, a terrible error in the first game. Obviously, it didn't cost them in yeah. the end, but... He's got mm. him though, you know, Kanji's incredibly inconsistent. The the fullbacks mm. obviously they lost um they lost Paslak uh, or yeah. Schultz to injury. So Guerrero has now returned, so that's a positive for them. But now they've got no cover there really. Uh the right back position is completely up in the air with uh obviously I think it's Maury who's out injured, mm. yeah. uh Paslak. Obviously, people aren't exactly incredibly confident in Mounier so yeah it, it's completely scrambled at the moment yeah I mean obviously they do have injuries absolutely and you did see a few of those guys returning like Hummels came on towards the end of the game Emery Chan came on as well who's you know last season started pretty much every game for them so maybe we will see a bit of a stronger side in the next game but yeah the do you know what I mean? In the same fixture last season, they lost away at Augsburg despite having like 75% possession. And that's exactly what's happened again this season at Freiburg. They had 76% possession, uh, percent possession in that game. And at the end of the day, I would say Freiburg probably created more chances despite only having 24%, you know. So, I mean, it's just, at times it's just not good enough for Dortmund these days, is it? And it's a reality check for Marco Rosa. Obviously, they were quite comfortably beaten by Bayern in the Super Cup on Wednesday evening as well. So, yeah. after that, that brilliant 5-2 result over Frankfurt seems a long time ago already now, doesn't it? And they go again against Hoffenheim this weekend, and that's a big game because Hoffenheim are causing teams problems as well at the moment. So we'll have to see what's going to go on with that one. But yeah, congratulations to Freiburg. Always good to see the little teams punching above the weight as well. Great result for them and fair play. Okay, so talking about little teams uh, probably punching up to punching above the weight a little bit as well. We've got uh, Bochum getting a fantastic 2-0 win over Mainz. I mean, I don't think anyone really saw this one coming because obviously Mainz, I mean, they had that fantastic result uh, last week in the over Leipzig, despite having like half the team out through COVID. I mean, that was just an incredible result, really. But then I think they came into this one, obviously, they were the favourites to go to Bochum and win. And I think Bochum basically did what Mainz did to Leipzig on Mainz this week, basically. And I think uh, this was a brilliant performance from Bochum. We, we sang the praises high after the game against Wolfsburg last week. I thought they were good in that game. But this game, they showed us what they can do going forward a lot more as well. And obviously, I mean, the, the big talking point of the whole game was the goal from Gerrit Holtman. I think a name that we're going to see quite a few times this season for Bochum. Uh, on the German commentary, they called him the uh, Bochum Messi. 
And I think that goal was uh, a goal that would do Lionel Messi, the great man himself, proud, to be honest with you. But, yeah. I mean, uh, we, we've got to say, though, I mean, the, the defence that was so brilliant for Mainz last week against Leipzig went pretty AWOL, I think, in that first goal. I mean, don't get me wrong, it was brilliant play from Holtman, but, I mean, there were two or three chances to tackle him when he went on that brilliant dribbling run before he obviously finished it past the keeper. Well, what did you think of that one? Rory, do you think it was more brilliance from Holtman or do you think it was uh, the, the defence should have done better there? Um, I'd, pro- I'd probably say like, like an even mix, really. Um, yeah, well, it, it was a brilliant goal to watch. Um, individual uh, brilliance and bravery just to, you know, just have a go. Picks it up, obviously, just inside uh, the opposition half. I mean, it mines his half and it's like, you know, I'm going to have a go past a, a couple of players early on then kind of surveying the area where you know how do i get into the box kind of runs across the box and then gets an opportunity to get inside um you know attempted tackles everywhere players trying to scramble around and then he obviously pokes the ball home um under zentner and yeah what what a lovely goal what what a way for bochum to announce themselves onto the bundesliga stage um yeah perfect in front of their home fans uh so you know it was fantastic to see that uh, and then that kind of as you mentioned this displaying what they had going forward um so holtman yeah was a was a threat uh zola as well thought he he did a really good job at the top as well um tested zedner on a, on a good few occasions an overhead kick um showing off some skills there uh, and again from uh from the corner that um, was produced from that. He also thought he scored, um, but VAR um, came in to, well, disagree, saying that he handled the ball um, in order to control it before scoring, so it stayed 1-0. Um, but they were able eventually to make their their dominance tell. Um, I think it's fair to say dominance. I think Ryman and Net had to make one save uh, just before half-time. Uh, otherwise, that was pretty much it. Um, and then this time it was Zola putting in a cross um, for Poulter, who um, was able to power power home uh, with the header to make it 2-0. Um, and that was pretty much that. Bochum played it well after that, I thought. You know, just a couple of those niggly fouls, you know, stopping the momentum of the game, being, you know, just game management, basically. You know, simplest way of putting it. Um, slowing the game down when you had to and not really allowing minds to gather any real momentum um so yeah very smart play as well um and again only real kind of notable save was from ryman was probably from stoiger um in the second half as mines just yeah couldn't get themselves going i thought he summed it up well in the fact that balkan did a a mines you know on on rb as we saw last weekend um so yeah all, all that kind of Energy has been kind of sucked out of minds a little bit, but you know, three points from their first two games, no problem whatsoever. Volcom, yeah, fantastic start really for them. You know, um, I thought they, as you mentioned, put a, a fine account of themselves into into game one, and I thought this weekend they really stepped it up and and put on a show for their home fans to enjoy first first bit of Bundesliga action for ten or you know ten or so years. So fantastic win for Bolcom and hopefully that's a sign of things to come. Yeah, I mean I definitely I agree with your praise of Simon Soller as well. I think when we did the um when we did the um kind of 
preview of Bolton coming up. We said that much is going to depend on him because he had a great season last year in the Spider Bundesliga, but mm. his previous record in the top tier was pretty poor. Yeah. But I mean, two great assists, and he was a little bit unlucky not to get that goal. It was just like it was a correct decision, but wasn't really a deliberate handball, was it? But I yeah. think, um, yeah, he had a brilliant game, I thought. You know, and Polter, he's one of those classic Bundesliga centre forwards. You know, you give him like a header in the six yard box, and he's going to bury it. You know, he's mm -hmm. that kind of guy. He might get a few goals, probably not bagfuls, but if he can get eight to 10 goals this season, then he's done well. I think also the defence deserves credit as well. I mean, Bella Kotchak who actually was really, really highly rated in the second tier last year. He looks a player that's destined for bigger things, with all due respect to Bolton. He was good alongside Lambropoulos as well, the Greek yep. centre-half. I mean, I mean B-man as well, uh, B-man is really a good goalkeeper for me as well. Like he, whenever he's called upon, he makes a save, doesn't he? He could be our new Ortega. I think we mentioned it last week, and this week I'm even more convinced that he is the new Ortega, um, <laughs> Manuel Riemann. Um, he, excellent performance from him again. As you say, he only had to make two saves, but mm -hmm. the one in the first half, just after Zola had the disallowed goal, was a massive save. Because yeah. if nines get level there, then they could well go on to win the game for me. But, I mean, massive save. He, he proves that he's a man for the big occasion. Fair play to Balkan. Fantastic results. And, yeah, best of luck for the rest of the season. So... On to our final of the feature four games, which was the Friday night game. A bit of a thrashing, really. I think in the predictions, most of us had this down as being uh, open, which it was. Having a lot of goals, which it did. But I don't think many people had this down as a 4-0 thrashing, really, for Leipzig over Stuttgart. I think, Rory, you, you want to kind of pass over this one a little bit quickly, obviously, as a, uh, a sympathiser of Stuttgart. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, all, all the great things that they did in the game against Ferds, they kind of made mistakes in uh, this game, really. I mean, oh, but uh, with all due respect, though, Leipzig were fantastic. I mean, they, they had a lot to prove under Jesse Marsh, and I just thought they, they came... I would say the first half an hour was pretty even, actually, in the game. It wasn't, like, very one-sided. I thought Leipzig took a little bit of time to kind of assert the dominance on the game, but once he got the goal, which was a brilliant goal over uh, Salazai. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this was a great strike. Probably could have been a bit better pressured by the Stuttgart defence. But, I mean, it was a great hit, that's for sure. And then, obviously, getting the goal to go in 1-0. And then the second half, they had it absolutely dead and buried by 52 minutes when Emil Forsberg ran on to a, an Andre Silva pass, which was a great assist, actually, mm -hmm. from the, uh, the Portuguese big signing. And then, yeah, it was just so comfortable from there on, wasn't it, Rory? It was, yeah. Um, it seems that match week two has, has almost been a complete contrast for all the teams that started the season well, because we've seen Dortmund did brilliant, you know, Stuttgart did well, uh, you know, creditable draw for Gladbach, and all of those teams have had stinkers this weekend, and RB had a point to prove, you know, Bayern. So, yeah, interesting that a lot of teams have reacted well to disappointment from the first week, but not many teams apart from Wolfsburg, have been able to back it up. Um, so, yeah, the, you know, Friday night game, um, you know, didn't I wasn't able to watch it live. Uh, I was at a wedding, uh, thoroughly enjoying myself responsibly, of course. Um, but, yeah, you know, 4-0 didn't flatter. I thought it was a fast start by both teams. Um, and, yeah, the first goal, I think, as you mentioned, completely perfectly. Beauty of a strike, clean strike as you like from... From the young man, um, Sabozlai, uh, yeah, but should have been closed down better for sure. Um, 
Yeah, the second goal, really good. You know, kind of typical kind of neat, close control, good passing from um, from RB Leipzig to make it uh, to make it two nil. Uh, the third goal was a, a bit of a strange one. Um, again, uh, adding to his first goal, um, Sabozlai was able to make it three nil, where he kind of fizzed in a free kick from out wide at a weird angle um, and missed everyone. Um, and including the keeper and nestled in the back of the net, and um, just one of those ones where it can happen. Um, three nil game over, and uh, the cherry on top of the cake uh, of a Friday evening for RB was, of course, um, when Kempf uh, was deemed to have handled um, the ball in, obviously inside the area, which given us a pen, allowing Andre Silva to open his account uh, for his RB career, making it four nil, um, and you know, rounding off a really good evening for um, RB Leipzig. So, yeah, you know, they're back in contention now, uh, off to a, you know, positive start at home and in front of their fans. So, yeah, they'll they'll be dead chuffed with that. Stuttgart now, you know, blown their, you know, their good goal difference, unfortunately, has gone now to neutral, um, having conceded uh, exactly five as well as scoring five. However... You know, came up against a very good RB Leipzig team. Um, Stuttgart will be fine. Um, you know, they will test big teams, but they'll also have to just make sure that they uh, defend slightly better. Um, and obviously, they were punished by a, a clinical and uh, very at it RB Leipzig side. So, very entertaining game. But yeah, well done to Leipzig because that was a very impressive performance, I thought. Yeah, I was just thinking there, Rory. I think the, the Hungarian winger is one player both of us are going to have to kind of check on the pronunciation of that one because yeah, <laughs> that really that's one from the Paul Merson book. I think that one isn't it. I mean, that's a great one. That is, yeah. I mean, fantastic player. Obviously, a big money signing. Actually, last January, but he was very unfortunate to get an injury. I think yeah. uh, just just after he signed in pre-season, actually, which ruled him out for the whole of the second half of last season. But he is a player that's very highly rated was good in the Euros for Hungary and then yeah very highly rated a lot of people have been looking forward to seeing him play wasn't very good against Mainz last week but was very very good uh, in this game yeah I think definitely big credit to him obviously Andre Silver he probably didn't have to be honest in the first half he was heavily frustrated it looked like he was trying a little bit too hard at times to get the goal yeah Obviously, coming with expectation to be the man that can finally uh, fire RB Leipzig to the German title. I mean, you could see the relief when he knocked that penalty home, the, the relief. But even though, it, to be fair, it was only his second game, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. we're not talking about a gold, gold drought of like 20 games here, but he clearly, big things are expected. People will be expecting him to get around about 25 goals at least, really, this season in the Bundesliga. That will be the expectation, I would imagine. And he knows that, you know, and obviously getting that big goal is probably, for me, the best thing that happened in this game for Leipzig because you need to get him off the mark and find. I think as for Stuttgart, to be honest, I think the only worry for them is the first half performance wasn't bad, but I just think they kind of, I don't know, once that second goal went in, they just gave up, basically. I got that feeling, really. I think but with, uh, with the exception of Wataru Endo, who I thought was excellent all the way through the game, he always is, really, and he? he was trying to rally the troops, but some of them kind of gave up, I would say. I would say that the main thing for Stuttgart is they need to get, obviously, now Kalajic is injured again. He came on as a sub for his first appearance, then he got injured as well. I don't know how serious that injury is, but for me, um, Hamadi Al-Gadoui 
Is he going to be good enough to lead the line for Stuttgart over the season? Obviously, getting his first goal last last week against Furt. But for me, he's not the answer, really. Obviously, last year was barely even on the bench. Do you know what I mean? I mean, the guy um, wasn't really giving much of a look. And they need to get Kalajic back and fire. And I'm not sure how long his injury is, but that will definitely be a worry for them. Because without him, they could... And obviously, with the other injuries they've got, the likes of Silas, Gonzalez departing as well. They do have quite a long injury list coming into the season, so they need to try and get that as low as possible, as quickly as possible, really. Okay, so that's the end of the featured four. So let's quickly go through the other five games of the weekend. Yeah, no better place to start than the late kickoff on um, Sunday. I mean, what a game this was. I mean, nil-nil at halftime. You're thinking this is a boring game. Nagelsmann is not really getting them firing at all. But then all of a sudden, by 60 minutes, they're already 2-0 up. Then I went out to get myself a drink and it was already 2-all. I couldn't. I thought I was like, I had to do a double take on this one. I was like, what? This is not possible, you know. But obviously, in the end, Bayern still getting the winner through Serge Gnabry after 74 minutes. Rory, would you say this is more of a... Who, who would you say would be happier with that uh, performance, really? Would you say Bayern or Köln, despite losing? Um, well, yeah, obviously, ultimately, from a result perspective, of course, Bayern. Um, yeah, it did look like one of those games that could be a bit of a, you know, a, a tetchy 1-0 win where Lewandowski scores in the 90th minute or something like typically Bayern. Um, but, and it did look like that was going to be the case because obviously he did score the first goal. Um, a tap-in from superb work from the halftime substitute, Jamal Musiala. Um, who came on for Leroy Sane, if I'm correct. There was two subs at half-time. Um, but yeah, obviously Musiala was one. So Sane maybe has a bit of work to do there because it, obviously it was his first season. Last season it wasn't as impactful as he would have wanted to. And then the second half of the season he started to look like the Leroy Sane of old. Um, and then obviously being subbed at half-time isn't always a good look. Um, unless I've missed something and he was injured. Um, but I've not seen it yet uh, as we're recording, of course, on Sunday evening. Um, but yeah, so that made it 1-0. Uh, so Lewandowski, um, and then it was backed up too um, after good work from Goretzka, lovely cross across the um, box. And then Gnabry was able to react well to, to tap home to make it 2-0. And then obviously, uh, as I was watching the game, I was thinking, yeah, pretty tidy, you know, 2-0 win. Uh, could be more here um, for Bayern if they want it. Um, at home and to get their season underway. But Cohen reacted superbly um, and got a lot of joy um, in the wide areas, um, which, again, for, I think, quite a lot of Bayern fans, they've been saying that right-back's been a bit of an issue. Um, they've had the young lad come in um, and did a good job, in, certainly in the first game and in the Super Cup. Uh, he came on at half-time as well, actually, and probably didn't have his best 45-minute game. Um, it's not always easy coming on in a defensive set, um, as a sub, it can be a struggle sometimes. And and Cole obviously got their two quick fire goals as well. It was a mad kind of 12 minute period or whatever it was where we saw the four goals. Um, I was struggling to keep up with it. Um, but yeah, the first goal, power headed from Modest. Lyle got up well, and yeah, Neuer's not getting anywhere near that um, from a lovely cross. So that's 2 1. Uh, and they and they yeah, absolutely respond again by going down the opposite wing this time. Um, pretty sloppy from Bayern, just allowing them to get into nice areas to put in crosses like that. Uh, and this time, Mark Oot, uh, out of nowhere. Um, yeah, tapping home, well, sliding um, to poke home 
uh, to make it 2-2. Was onside after a VAR check. Um, so, yeah, made it 2-2. Game on, absolutely. Um, but I think Colton just probably missed their opportunity. They just started to, uh, well, maybe allow Bayern to control the ball a bit more. I thought it would have been a good time to go on the attack if they could. Um, and they brought on Duda, in fairness to them, who, you know, obviously is a talent for getting goals. Uh, they're trying to get down the wings with Hector and, and other players like that, but didn't quite happen. And then the inevitable did happen. Um, Bayern get the ball into the box, falls for Gnabry, powers it, you know, lovely hit. Uh, I want to say the keeper should do better, but of course he's hit it so sweet. Maybe it's gone through him before he can even react to make it 3-2 and obviously win the game. So yeah, Bayern off, you know, off the mark now. Good, uh, good win for them, an important three points. Cole will be pleased with how they went, um, they went about their business, you know, attacking. Again, we, you know, every time we talk about Cohen, we say they're better when they go forward and have purpose yeah. um, and they don't sit back and, you know, they they are capable of scoring goals. Um, the introduction of the two, you know, the two big men will give them something uh, this season, a bit extra, like Modest, head of, you know, power, Oots, so much as he struggled last season at Schalke, he was their only kind of outlet, really, last season when Schalke did well. It was usually centered around him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think they've got something there that they could partner, you know, partner up quite well and, and cause issues. But uh, yeah, exciting game and probably just narrowly missed out on our featured four this week. Yeah, without doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on to the, the league leaders after two weeks. Uh, it's actually the only team with a 100 percent record as well, and that is VFL Wolfsburg who got a 2-1 win away in the capital in Hertha Berlin. A side that are kind of famous for losing at home, really, aren't they? Let's be honest. But yeah, I mean, this game was, uh, I think the first half was pretty incident-free, to be honest with you. Not an awful lot happened. Then the kind of the first big moment really was when uh, Joshua Brooks went through. Then he kind of like tackled the forward in the box. Look, the, the ref didn't give the penalty, but then VAR double-checked and it was a stonewall penalty, really. I think Brooks, as much as I like him, he can make those clumsy fouls sometimes, can't he? And this was another one of his. Didn't really need to do it, to be honest, but kind of went through him the penalty. Then, actually, there was quite an interesting moment as well to show perhaps some of the kind of dissent in the Hertha Berlin squad between David Selke and uh, Dodi Lukabakio. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, like obviously, after last season, I was a bit shocked to see Selke step up, to be honest with you, after his effort from Werder Bremen. Yeah. And I think he only knocked in three goals after starting pretty much every match. But yeah, he wanted the pen. He wanted to get off the mark for the season. But no, Lukabakio stood up smashed it in comfortably and uh, yeah freddie bobich the sport, sporting director was pretty relieved with that one then you're just thinking you know 60 minutes have gone you're thinking go and win the game here to get a great win over a top four side but it was that for me it was one man that turned this game around and it was that man zava schlager from last mm-hmm. season one of the players of the season for me last season in the Bundesliga, and he kind of went on one of his marauding runs through the midfield and he played a brilliant through ball to uh, Riedel Back, who was, a, who was another excellent player from last season, smashes it home. Then you've got the equaliser for Mark Van Bommel and Wolfsburg, and then they went on and won it as well, didn't they, Rory? They sure did. And the new face, uh, well, not totally a new face in terms of the Bundesliga, but a new face at, um, at Wolfsburg. Uh, so Lucas Nemecha, um, one of the one of the two brothers signed from Manchester City. Um, we had heard... 
promising things from our, our resident Manchester City fan and an OTB uh, editor and Spanish correspondent, Paul McGarrigy, uh, has said that, yeah, I think he thought that they would probably have good careers um, in, you know, in the Bundesliga, young lads. And uh, that Lucas Nemecha, he looks like a beast, to be fair. I hadn't, yeah. I hadn't seen an awful lot of him. Uh, but he looks like a big unit and, of course, yeah, um, came on with about 20 minutes to go and ends up getting the winner, um, obviously following a bit of a kind of penalty, penalty kind of scramble. Um, but, yeah, completed the, the, the turnaround, as you quite correctly pointed out, as, you know, Baku latched on to Schlager's um, through ball to, to make it 2-1 overall and make it two wins out of two. Only team to have done it so far. So, yeah, they're fine start, fine work to keeping the squad together and only look like improving if they can get Nemecha, you know, scoring goals and, and everyone else um, kind of working together as they are um, already are. Veghorst had chances in the game, not loads, but a couple. Um, so he might have been frustrated not getting on the score sheet. But, yeah, Wolfsburg going from strength to strength and... Solid as ever. Um, Herta, yeah, two losses from two. Um, next up, the champions, Bayern. So, probably assuming they're going to be, you know, nil, nil from three as well. Um, so, yeah, worrying signs after what we kind of predicted. We thought we'd see a bit more of a stable Herta side. They lost Kevin Prince Boateng at half time, you know, the big kind of glamorous signing. He's kind of one uh, that, you know, they've now lost to injury. Um, Jovicic came on for him. You know, he did all right as well. Um, but, yes, it's interesting times. Obviously, still no uh, Piatek. Um, Dardai's young, uh, obviously, young son playing in the squad. He's not been fit yet either. So, yeah, a few, few troubling signs for Herter at the moment. So, they'll obviously hope to turn up and play well against the champions, but it'll be tricky for sure. Yeah, and obviously Hertha booed off quite a few audible boos as well at the end of the game, which proves that like the Hertha fans are just not impressed. Obviously, a limited crowd because of, they still have restrictions over here in Germany. I think um, they can have like forty percent, but it's capped at twenty thousand or something like that. So I think there were around twenty thousand in the Olympia Stadium. But yeah, not happy the fans, not happy with what's going on at the club and big improvements to be made there, that's for sure. So we're going to finish with three draws, actually. Yeah, but the most entertaining of those was between Hoffenheim and Union Berlin, which was actually a really, really good game. The early kickoff on the Sunday afternoon. I mean, this was, to be honest, in the first half, I thought there was, this was going to finish 7-6 or something, to be honest, because I mean, some of the defending was atrocious, but... Both sides really, really wanted to win this game. And there was a lot of attacking intent. Starting off just after 10 minutes, Union Berlin obviously hit the front away in Hoffenheim with uh, Nico Gleiselmann with uh, the second attempt as well. A man that we didn't really see much of last season. But yeah, kind of nodded home from the second. There were a few rotations as well to the Union squad, obviously after the, the win in Helsinki in midweek. But yeah, he got his opening goal of the season to make it 1-0. Then I think just a few minutes later, another ball in from uh, Angelo Stiller making his first start of the season. Hammered home, really. Great header from uh, Akpaguma. Um, yeah, for one all. Then actually a couple of minutes after that, um, Max Cruiser smashed a free kick off the bar, which was really, yeah. it looked in all the way. I mean, this was so unlucky. Then actually, uh, Awani went through on one on one a couple of minutes after that as well. Good save by Bauman. Probably should have scored though, really, in all honesty. Mm -hmm. 
Then just a few minutes again on the half hour mark, um, Andre Kramerich with his fourth assist of the season. Yeah, nicely playing in. Um, yeah, one of the players of the season so far, really, Jacob Larson. He actually only returned from Anderlecht in the summer as well. Mm-hmm. I was a little bit surprised that they let him go to Anderlecht because he's always looked good whenever I saw him in the Bundesliga before last season. Come back with his second goal in two games. Then, yeah, I mean, second half, Rory, was more of the same, really, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was a bit of, um, you know, a kind of match-up who, you know, who can end up being the the winner or the most influential player between Cruiser uh, and Kramerich. Um, so, yeah, two fine players. And, yeah, you know, going head-for-head, trying to kind of set up, you know, set up either their own players or try and score themselves. Um, yeah, and um, the the interchanging play, the the partnership between Cruiser and Arwanyi, I think I thought was very good. Uh, obviously, they, they kind of try, almost took it in turns to try and set each other up. Um, but... Obviously, to um, you know, contrasting fortunes on on each occasion. Um, but yeah, it was such an open game, very entertaining um, throughout. Um, yeah, on another day, probably could have been four four rather than two yeah. two. Um, I, I was particularly interested to see how well Union went, particularly after you know being very new to the whole Thursday Sunday thing. Um, but they obviously did a fine job on Thursday, winning four nil. Um, and did, as you mentioned, uh, do a few changes, bit of rotation. Um, but the business that they've done this summer, I thought, obviously allowed that. Uh, and they were obviously very competitive against what we've uh, you know, already seen, a very dangerous Hoffenheim team going forward. Um, so 2-2, I think, is a, a pretty sound draw for them. Um, obviously, they've pretty much got the job done in terms of their Europa Conference League I'm not sure if it's a two-legged thing or not. It actually. is, yeah. It's two-legged, but I think I would expect to see a real reserve team out yeah. of something like this Thursday. So with a 4-0 cushion, yeah, you'd expect changes so that they can maybe go full, uh, full throttle in their third game and, and try and get their first, uh, obviously, win of the season, having now done two draws. Um, but positive signs, certainly. Cruiser looking as classy as ever. One year settled in perfectly already, obviously, having spent last season on loan. Um, so yeah, they obviously they they look good. It's just it'll just be interesting to see how they balance things throughout the season, having been being very new um, to you know the kind of way of playing, and you know obviously on a on a Thursday and then on a Sunday. Um, but obviously it means they will be able to see plenty of them on Sunday uh, games. Hopefully broadcast on Sky Sports a little bit more often. So yeah, yeah good game though. Absolutely, yeah. And then, obviously, I mean, first, getting the first point of the season as well, which might surprise a few people after last season, last week's effort. But, yeah, this was a turnaround performance. It goes more to what you were saying before, Rory, that a lot of the teams that kind of failed last week really, really came back with good performances this week. And while I would say that a draw was a fair result because Bielefeld also created chances, I thought this was a much, much better performance. You know, I mean... They um, obviously they had a lot of chances early on, missing a lot of chances. But then that man, uh, Fabian Close, you know, some some will be a little bit surprised that he's been given another season as the first choice number nine for Bielefeld after mm. struggling for long parts of last season. But yeah, that's the kind of goal you want him to see him score. The cross coming in from Cedric Bruner, then he just smashed home a header. Maybe the keeper could have done a little bit better, perhaps. But yeah, ended up in the roof of the net for one nil. Then the second half was just really all mostly all third, wasn't it, uh, Rory? Yeah, it was. Um, obviously, 
the you know the main protagonist was Julian Green, another player that we did tip to uh, to keep an eye on um, as this new team uh, find well not a new team uh, new as in Bundesliga and to the Bundesliga show. Um, yeah, skipped his way um, into the box and he he was having a, a real impact in the game as was Abiyama. Um, if I'm pronouncing that right, we'll have to obviously get get up to date with all the different pronunciations of um, Thut and Borkham's players. Um, but basically, the the end of it was that they won a penalty uh, as a result of a handball, um, which was converted by Hargota, um, which again, he was one of their big players for Thut, so it's good to get uh, him off the mark as well, uh, making it 1-1. And then, yeah, big moment in the game as well, um, a red card uh, for Schoff, um for, for two yellow cards, obviously not not ideal, but Furtz weren't, weren't able, unfortunately, to make the most of it, not being able to beat Ortega for the second uh, game, or well, second time in the game. Um, so, yeah, point probably um, both teams pretty happy with that, I would say. So, yeah, good good game. Glad to see Furtz are off the mark. Yeah, and I've got to say, after slating them last week, fair play to for much, much better performance this week. And let's hope we see more of that level of performance. Uh, absolutely, yeah. Okay, and the final game was a nil-nil. Oliver Glasner's first game at home against Augsburg. I mean, this is another one, I guess, really, isn't it? But not not so much for Frankfurt, but Augsburg can be really proud with themselves getting a point there. I mean, I think nobody really thought they would. But I think for me, Rory, that the problem with Augsburg is they just don't really create much at all, do they? Do you think that's going to be a concern going forward in the next few weeks? Yeah, absolutely. As pleased as they'll be with their um, overall team performance, defended well as a team, centre-back pairings again being a bit of the theme of this weekend. Udukai and Reese Oxford I thought were really good. Um, yeah, obviously, Frankfurt, generally speaking, were the dominant team. Um, you know, created... Good, say good chances, you know, half chances here and there. Bore um, thought he was probably going to open his account before a block from Uduka in the first half. Um, their new signing, um, Haig, was able to have a shot as well in the first half. Similar pattern again in the second half, you know, Frankfurt pressing, but nothing ultimately was coming. They couldn't get past the goalkeeper. Um, so, yeah. Uh, point of peace, uh, considering the style that Frankfurt and Augsburg had. Uh, again, neither team would be too disappointed. Obviously, Frankfurt would have loved to have got off to a start, uh, win at home, but uh, yeah, it wasn't to be. But yeah, obviously, Augsburg's more uh, worrying uh, stats are going to be at the front end of the pitch in terms of scoring goals. But uh, yeah, we'll just have to see how it develops and how they try and yeah get around it basically as the season goes on. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So let's finish off. So that's the end of our week two roundup. Let's just finish off with the hero and zero of the week. So I'll start off with the hero of the week. For me, it's got to be the Balkan Messi. It's got to be a Gerrit Holtman with that goal. I mean, it was it was straight out of the Lionel Messi textbook as far as I'm concerned. Dribbling past four or five Mainz defenders. And obviously, it turned out to be the important goal because, um, yeah, it got Balkan their first win in this stint in the Bundesliga. So, yeah, congratulations, Gerrit Holtman of Bochum. So, yeah, uh, and Rory, over to the zero. Yeah, very well-deserved hero. Uh, but the zero um, was probably a, a melange of different players, but in one team. So, we decided to give it to one team uh, in, in the shape of Gladbach. 
Um, just, yeah, didn't have their best uh, outing. Loads of injuries, lots of mistakes. Sommer had a bad game. Uh, obviously, the young fullback, Scally. Um, so, weekend for, um, for Gladbach to, you know, forget, but to move on, hopefully press on uh, for the rest of the season. Of course, I'm sure they will. Uh, but, yeah, zero of the week is for Gladbach's team in general. Um, so, that obviously brings a close to to the show. Um, obviously, if you're new to the show and you like everything that you've seen, please, um, you know, keep watching. Give us a, you know, click, give us a click uh, on subscribe. Click that red button. Make sure that you tune into everything that's coming out of the site. We're obviously producing two shows a week. Uh, obviously, we've got our brand new Thursday show. Well, I say brand new. We did Thursday shows last season, but we now have a new focus around fantasy football alongside our predictions. Uh, Mark and Rune got it kicked off last Thursday in, in fine style. Uh, and hopefully we'll all return on this uh, this coming Thursday. Uh, obviously, their live shows as well, which is brilliant. So we love the interaction. And uh, yeah, keep on clicking that subscribe button for more Bundesliga uh, content. So Mark, over to you to close out. Absolutely. So if you liked any more of our stuff, then remember at Over the Bar FB is our Twitter feed. So yeah, check that out. We've got a lot of League One and League Two content as well for those uh, lower league. Uh, hardcores as well yeah obviously the season started with that the same weekend as the bundesliga this year i think actually so yeah they're obviously just having their maybe third or fourth yeah uh, weekend of action yeah obviously we got more and more articles as well coming out every single um week so check them out and also obviously otbfootball.net which is the centerpiece of our work check that out as well look out for the videos and yeah enjoy the rest of the content that we're going to be bringing to you this season so yeah so that's the end of the week two review and we'll see you again hopefully for the live show on thursday cheers all